Family, it's so good to be back with you this week. We missed you last week. We had the privilege of worshiping together at Grace Covenant PCA Church in Williamsburg, Virginia. Uh, our family, we have five children. There's 19 of us counting our children and their spouses and grandchildren. So we spend Thanksgiving together. And then at Christmas, the children go to the other side of the family. So we had Thanksgiving together. We had Christmas presents all this week. But it's good to be back with you and appreciate the ministry, your ministry, and that of Pastor Paul Patrick as he opened up the gospel here uh, last Sunday, focusing on that leper who came back to say thank you, just hearing of a wonderful service here last week. Appreciate Paul and his ministry through RUF, one of our college ministries throughout the nation. Uh, We had the privilege of having eight grandchildren, and one of our little ones, one of our little grandsons, is to be baptized next Sunday morning outside in the Atlanta area. So Glenda and I want to be a part of that uh, baptism service next Sunday morning. So next Sunday, we're looking forward to Will Hunter being back. Will Hunter Looking forward to coming back next Sunday morning to minister here. And Glenda and I, with some of the family, Lord willing, will be worshiping Christ with you, but in Christ Church, PCA, there in Smyrna, Georgia, then back Sunday afternoon, Lord willing, with you. Have you been in such a situation? That you said in your heart, this is hard. This is difficult. There's just too much pain. Hard. Difficult. This is painful. This relationship, this uncertainty, this physical, financial, whatever. Hard, difficult. I don't know if I can do it. The young girl does not tell us that was her response, but it certainly would have been mine during these weeks of Advent, preparing for Christmas. We're looking at what I'm calling songs of Advent. We Not that Mary sang these words, but she certainly probably sang them in her heart. She's young. Mary's young. Young teenager, 13, 14, 15 years old. Some even think as young as 12. When the angel Gabriel came to this young girl, she's basically married, but not living with Joseph, not having a marital relationship with Joseph. That's just what you did. These arranged marriages, basically married, but not living together yet. Not having that marital relationship. The angel says, and I'm paraphrasing, you go to Luke chapter 1 and see this and read and try to understand what is this, what's happening here? The angel says, God's chosen you. Chosen you to give birth to the Messiah that's been promised 
He's chosen you to give birth to the Savior, the promised Lord who has been promised for these years. He's chosen you. Why me? Poor girl. Think of what must have been going on. And and she asked, how can this happen? I'm not living with my husband. Betrothed, engaged. It was so binding, this engagement, that it took a legal divorce to separate. That's how binding it is. How how can I have a, a son, a child, the Savior, when I'm not living with my husband? We're not in a married relationship. How can this happen? It's okay. Again, I'm paraphrasing. The Holy Spirit will do that work that you'll have a son. You're going to have a child. He's going to rule the world. All kingdoms of this world will be submissive to him. She understood this is the Savior that's been promised. Now, think what must have been going on in her heart and her mind as she's been told this. She's a young teenager, perhaps 12. Think, number one, what it means in her marriage. When her husband hears that she's going to have a child, and he knows it's not his. He understood the implications, but as a gentleman, he was going to divorce her. It's not my child. But he wanted to do it privately with thoughtfulness. But then he was convinced, don't you do that. So think what it meant to her, what that rejection against her husband. And what about her family? Are they going to understand what's happening? Reject her. Quote, the church, the Jewish community. She could be stoned to death for adultery. Who's going to take care of this baby? How are we going to survive? Some who are expecting children at her age or older become prostitutes. What kind of future will she have? Social security? (laughs) No Medicaid? No welfare? Love her response. And her response is because she understood something of two things the mercy of God and the power of God. The mercy of God and the power of God. Those are the two truths of which we call her song, her magnificent, her response to what has been told. You see, we see these words come out again and again. Mercy Power, strength. She's been told this. She packs her bags and she leaves town. And she travels approximately 100 miles. Three to four days travel. 
to her older relative, Elizabeth. Elizabeth is an older woman. She and her husband have never been able to have children. He, her husband, Elizabeth's husband, is a priest. He has been assigned the high priest's duty. And he comes home, never been able to have a child. They're old. But God says to not only Mary and to her husband, Joseph, but to this older couple, you're going to have a child. You've never had one, but you're going to have one now. And so now Elizabeth, the older relatives, I hope you can follow me. Mary packs up. She's been told she's going to have a child. She's certainly considered, she must consider all the implications, at least some of them, of what this will mean. She packs up. She travels 100 miles to visit her older relative, Elizabeth. Elizabeth's expecting. When Elizabeth hears Mary's greeting, Elizabeth says, when I heard your voice, the child within me leaps with joy that the mother of our Savior has come to visit us. Wow. Such mercy and grace in this older relative who's been married all of these years, never able to have a child. And here... This young relative, not even living with her husband, she's going to have a baby. No jealousy, but joy and gladness in what the Lord is doing. Just wonderful mercy and grace after mercy and grace. Three truths we see here. I want us to see these three truths. The first is this. The mercy and strength of God's grace enables us to, first of all, the impossible is made possible. The grace, the mercy... That was Mary's response when she heard these words. It's your mercy. What is mercy? You're choosing to treat us as we do not deserve. You're choosing not to treat us as we deserve. That's mercy. Lord, you're choosing not to treat me as I deserve. You're choosing not to treat my people as we deserve. You're showing mercy. Confidence in the Lord God. That's what the angel says to young Mary. Mary, nothing is impossible with God. Nothing. Nothing is impossible with God. Believe him, Mary. Trust him. He's going to do these miracles that are needed for you to carry and birth the Savior, the promised one, the Messiah. Nothing's impossible. You're going to birth him. And he's going to live. And he's going to die. And he's going to rule over this world. That's the first truth we see from the mercy and power of God. God calls us all who are in him to embrace 
face impossibilities. Nothing is impossible with him. We see that. Secondly, we see our humility, our humility before God. Nothing is impossible with God. That's verse 37. But also look at verse 38. Humility, humility before the Lord God. Mary said, behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Okay. You say this is going to happen? I'm going to give birth. He's going to be Savior. He's going to be the Lord. Nothing's impossible. Okay. I'm the servant of the Lord. That's an important statement. What does it mean to be a servant of the Lord? It means the Lord God is master. He is Lord. He is God. And to be his servant is to be his slave. A slave has no rights but the rights of the master. The slave has no ownership of anything. It all belongs to the master. I'm the Lord's servant. I'm his servant. I don't have an agenda. I don't own anything. I have no rights. I'm the Lord's servant. Is that the way I, you, approach Life, health, finances, income, employment. Can you say, may, can I say, Lord, we're your servant. We have no agenda but yours. We have no rights but yours. We have no future except what you have ordained the Lord's servant. We see a beautiful picture in Scripture of what it meant to be a spawned servant. Here's the context in Scripture of being a servant, a slave to the Lord. When a slave in the Old Testament has worked his way out of that slavery They're given freedom. But a servant could say this. Master, because I love you, you've been good to me. And because I love the wife and children, the wife you've given me, the children we have, I don't want my freedom. I want to continue living as your slave for the rest of my life. There was an arrangement that was made for that bond servant. And to say that this one is so committed to his master and to the family and he doesn't want his freedom, it says that the master would take that slave and put him against a door. And put a hole in his ear. An anvil in his ear. To show. Look.
look at that hole. It wasn't just a tiny pierced ear. I mean, it was evident. Whoa, there's a bond servant. He's made himself a slave to his master and to his family for the remainder of his life. Look, you can tell. That's the picture we have. Does my life, does your life, does our life show to others by the words we say, your behavior, your conduct, that you belong to another, that you're different. You're not living according to your own agenda, but you're living for Christ as your master. The way you handle money, the way you live, your lifestyle, You belong to Jesus Christ. Evident. Confidence in our Lord. Lord, you can make the impossible possible. Lord, humility. Humility. Look at James 4, 6. James 4, 6. Our Lord gives more grace. Therefore, we're warned, family, God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble. When we exalt ourselves, he will humble us. But when we humble ourselves, he will exalt us. Believe that. The joy of being exalted by being humbled. The impossible is made possible. Humility before the Lord God. And then thirdly and lastly, His mercy, choosing to not treat us as we deserve, His powerful strength. We can say this. Mary said, Behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. Look at that submission. Let it be to me according to your word. We need to say that daily. Lord, let it be to us as you have said. Lord, take Whatever you need to take from us to fulfill your purpose. Lord, give to us whatever we need for your purpose because we're your servants. We're your slave. You're your, you are our master. I said, if we really understand the implications of that, take what you will. Take my health. Take finances. Take my reputation. By misunderstanding, take what you will give what is needed. As long as your purpose is fulfilled. We 
we began by seeing the story of a young teenager, Mary, young, 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 legally married, taking a divorce to separate that engagement, marriage, not living together, not having the marital relationship yet. That will come after Christ's birth because there are additional children our Lord gave Joseph and Mary. The grace, the mercy, the power of God through Gabriel says nothing is impossible with God. Such humility, I'm the Lord's servant. Such submission, may it be to me as you have said. The grace and mercy of Christ, of our Lord, allowed her to do that. Johnny is a few years older. Johnny was 18. Some of you have heard this, parts of it. I keep learning from her. I keep learning from Johnny. She's one of my heroes because of grace. Johnny was out swimming. She had just graduated from high school. Swimming with some friends. Dove into the water. Her friends. Where's Johnny? Where's Johnny? Where's Johnny? Has she come up? A friend jumped in the water to try to find her. Dark, dark, dark water. Murky water. Just just prior to this swimming event, she bleached her hair. Bleached her hair. And because she bleached her hair in that dark water, one of her friends spotted her head and pulled her up. Broken neck. Broken neck. Of course, immediately getting medical treatment. Read about Johnny Erickson. Now Johnny Erickson taught up. She was angry. She was hurt. She wanted to die. They placed her initially or at some time in this tube to keep her alive. She begged God to let her die. People would come and visit her during her time in the hospital. She would ask certain people, let me die, unplug. I can't take it. Think what she's going through, an 18-year-old, confined, begging to die. Certainly she was thinking of her friends, what they're doing. She was very energetic, very outgoing, loved horses. She's confined for the rest of her life. Eventually, a friend came to visit and started sharing not only the gospel, but the sovereignty of God. She came to believe and understand that God had planned and ordained this for her. And that he, God, intended her to live 
and impact others and not to die as she longed to die. Eventually released from the hospital, eventually married, eventually little by little began a ministry to special needs people. Today in many nations of the world providing crutches and wheelchairs and having camps and retreats for the special needs in their family. Hasn't she suffered enough? Cancer. The pain the uncertainties of cancer going into remission within the last two years that cancer has returned. Is life easy? No! Even in these recent years, she's now our age. She's 70 years old, close to it. She is. And she talks about her, she's married, she has a husband. But she has to have women come in and help her get ready for the day. What do women have to do to prepare for the day? She's paralyzed. Get her up. Get her clean. Get her dressed. Get her hair brushed. Get her ready for the day. Every day. Every day. Every day. People come in to prepare her for the day. Eventually, to place her in the vehicle to take her to the office. Recently, I heard her say, she was telling her husband, I can't do it. I can't do it. I'm just in too much pain. But Christ allows her to keep going. I don't know what he's called you and us to endure and experience. Johnny, would you have it any other way? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. I would not want my health if it meant I could not have this ministry and be in Christ's will. What is Johnny learning? What are we to learn when you're in such a hard place? And it's painful and it hurts. And you don't know if you can survive. Three things. Don't ever forget it. God, you are good. Yeah, he's good. Secondly, everything you do is good. Yeah. Here's the big one. Lord, Everything you allow and permit in the lives of your children is for our good. Johnny, is that true? Absolutely. Young Mary, is that true? Absolutely. Not only are you good, not only do you do good, But everything you allow and permit in the lives of your children is for our good and your glory. That's good news. That's good news for us to believe. 
That's good news for us to share with others. You're around people every day. School, work, neighborhood, out there. What an opportunity as we approach Christmas to impact people, to know and experience the goodness of Christ when they go through crisis. Look for opportunities every day. Look for opportunities to point them to Christ and point them to a good church home. Whether this one or others that you know are good, point them to a church home to grow in the grace and knowledge of Christ. Look, pray for opportunities. Invite, reach out, constantly reaching out, inviting, encouraging, pointing others to Christ who is good, who by his life, his death, his burial, his resurrection, they hopefully can say one day, and Lord, everything you allow and permit in our life is for our good. That's what we're celebrating today. That in the body, the bread, the blood of Jesus Christ, you're exalted. And you're our Savior and our Lord. This is open for all who are in Christ. Are you a part of this family? Are you in membership somewhere in good standing? Have you gone before leadership here or somewhere? Then come and eat and drink with us. If you've gone before leadership somewhere and professed your need of Christ, your confidence in Christ, I warn us, according to Scripture, come humbly, confessing our sin, our need of Christ. And we want to celebrate Him. Such a wonderful opportunity to celebrate with expectation the joys of Christ. Let us ask Him. Father, we thank you for Christ. He never, ever, ever sinned in any way. And yet he willingly became sin on behalf of all of those you've given to him. That we may become his righteousness. Thank you. Now, Father, will you take these elements and separate them from their common use? to now that sacred and holy purpose intended by Christ, for Christ, and for our good. In the name of your Son we ask. Amen.